0: Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and in Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. What's going on? Welcome back to Chaos and Christ Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that the last episode was beneficial to you because today we're going to go ahead and continue on Psalms 55. We're going to look at verses 6 through 11. We'll read through that, break that down, and hopefully provide you something of an encouragement that will point you to Christ. But before that, I need to ask that if this has been beneficial to you and you enjoy coming to chaos in Christ and just... Taking in the content. My hope and prayer is that I am leaving with you a perspective that will gear you towards looking to Christ in the midst of chaos. And the way that we find ourselves today in our world, that is my hope. And that is what I feel I am called here to do, and nothing else but to point you to Christ in the midst of all this chaos. So please share this podcast with at least one person, at least one person. Subscribe to the podcast. And if it's not too much to ask, leave an honest review, not a five-star review, an honest review. If it's five stars in your heart, great. (laughs) I hope that's the case. But if there's something that you would like for me to work on, if there's something more you would like for me to lean on, to help you out in the midst of chaos, to point you to Christ and see what scripture says, then please let me know. Right now, it's just coming out of a place of What I find interesting, what I believe is important, what I see in politics, what I see in the culture, and then what I know to be true in the human heart when it regards to sin and what the Bible teaches. So please let me know, leave an honest review. And with that, let's begin this episode. Psalms 55. We're going to go pick this back up in verse 6. We're going to read this through 11, and I'm just going to harp on that. The consistent theme will always be Psalms 55 verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. And I will repeat this through this series because ultimately that is what I'm trying to drill into your brain. What we have here is the psalmist, David, who is going through a bit of some very fearful times and turmoil. He's essentially afraid of death, afraid of what's coming after him or who's coming after him and he's in distress and he almost he has despair and so we pick this back up in verse six and it reads and i say oh that i had wings like a dove i would fly away and be at rest yes i would wander far away i would lodge in the wilderness I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. That is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Verses 6 through 8, what you get to see is David seems to be wishing for an escape, right? With what he was dealing with in the verses prior, what he concludes is it's almost like he's in the midst of chaos, and in that moment for him, it is almost much better, maybe even a little bit relieving, to fantasize about escaping the whole situation entirely. As if you could just completely fly away. You see the picture that he paints when he says to, in verse 6, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, right? You just simply, you're in the midst of it, it's happening, you're in the thick of it, and if you could just do it, I'd have wings on my back, and I would just completely take off. Boom, gone, done. And then not just completely take off, but obviously the idea is to be in a place of rest. And that is what David is painting a picture of. And the assumption of this is ease, right? You know, he wants ease from what he is finding himself in, from the potential of death, from the attacks, from the oppression, and from just the disparity of it all that he's feeling. And again, in the last episode, it would be as though he's probably very anxious to the point where he's not even able to sleep. That it actually is causing him discomfort in more ways than one. But the assumption here is that he's looking for ease. Ease of the trials, of the chaos, of evil, persecution. And all of that brings suffering. What we really want is to avoid it as much as possible. And so we fantasize about that. David is fantasizing about this in this context. Then verse 7 what we see is that it goes deeper. It isn't so much about getting away as it is also about staying away and simply avoiding the fight. Let's look at verse seven one more time. And yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. What you get is a sense of away from society, away from the threat, and away from people in general, to himself in solitude. It's almost like Clark Kent's fortune of solitude, right? It's him and his place far away, and he would lodge there. Lodging meaning he would literally spend time there, not to to deal or interact or have to deal with whatever is happening where he's currently at. And verse eight proves that desire to avoid the potential of death and pain when it says, "I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest." That is the avoidance. Of that suffering, of that trial, of that potential of threat and death, of the fight. And he would rather just escape, fly away, go into a wilderness, lodge, have shelter so he could avoid even the the, the turmoils and the winds and the tempests, all of it. Oh, if only I could do that, if only I could just escape from this whole situation in general. Verse 9 through 11, in reference what we see in verse 9, Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. This is now a prayer, right? Now he is talking to God, and now he is petitioning the Lord for justice, for his rescue. And when he says divide their tongues, it's in reference almost to Genesis 11, verse 1 through 9, when the people had conspired to build a tower as high to the heavens, and God confuses the language of the people, which is why the tower is called Babel, because he confused their language. And then so much of the confusion that what happened was they turned on each other, essentially. They didn't understand what was being said, and the tower was not able to be completed. And so you see David referencing that same judgment over those that are after him, that are that pose him as a threat over the trials and the chaos that he finds himself in. And he eludes that and he turns to God to his justice. You know what I love about the Psalms? Very honest. All right, like just a very honest, just book of Psalms. I mean, you get different kinds of prayers. You get prayers of justice. You get prayers of just complaint. We get prayers of people just essentially feeling like God has left them and deserted them. <laughs> it gets really honest. And so here you see an honesty in the psalmist and David wanting their tongues to be divided so they could eventually be destroyed. And he gives reasons. Why? Because he sees violence and strife in the city. Right, That's definitely good enough reason for justice to come down. When you see violence and strife, it's not just affecting you, but it's affecting your loved ones. It's affecting the way of life. And then verse 10, day and night they go around its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. It's constant. doesn't stop. And then in verse 11, ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. And now there's even corruption in the workplace, in the field. It's prevalent everywhere. And when we get here is when we look at oppression, what we are understanding is that this is persecution. And persecution, we know in our context today in America, we're seeing glimpses of that. And we're starting to see that in different stories as they come out in different forms and fashions. And so it being in the marketplace, it's a concern because it does affect the way of life. And all of this can feel so familiar, right? Like it it does feel familiar even in our context today. You can look at that and think to yourself, well, I think I understand you, David. I think I know exactly what you mean. Because I believe that you and I could sit here right now and we can say, I see the exact same thing in the marketplace right now. Right now, you can see just lies and propaganda. You can see how companies and corporations are pushing in an an ideology that is just completely antithetical to the gospel, against God and his standards. Even I personally, in my own company, have seen the poison That it is of this wicked ideology that is seeping into almost every fabric of our lives. It's definitely there. It's day in and day out. It's in the marketplace. There is oppression. There is violence. I'm in the city of Chicago. There is definitely violence and strife. It's happening so much that when you look at David and his prayer and he's asking for the justice of God, you kind of agree with him, right? You find yourself. In the exact same place. So I don't blame David. With our own eyes, we can see this now and how it just completely relates to us. Now, what I want to do is ask how many of us from the beginning of 2020 wanted to escape? Let's go back to verses six through eight. How many of us were there? Because I'll be honest with you, when everything started to happen in 2020, I think I've mentioned this before. But just to kind of give it its context, I started to really imagine what it meant to live in a totalitarian country, in a country that stripped you from your freedoms, made you docile, told you what to think, how to think it. And if you decided to be an anomaly, you decided to stand out, be a divergent, a dissenter, then what they would do was completely ruin and take everything precious from your life. I started to imagine that in the sense of my child taken away. And that as a father, which I'm, I believe that mothers and fathers, that is the one thing that weighs really heavy on you is what is going to happen to my children. And I'll be really in this place right now. I grew up, I'm a 1990s baby. You were growing up with this idea of the American dream and opportunity where you can start your own business create a life that you wanted to with hard work and you can pass this fortune on to your children and as long as you were good and all that stuff you were living in a country of freedom no one was going to oppress you so you didn't think of this like you believed it could happen but deep down inside you were hoping it wouldn't be your lifetime and so when it happened and 2020 came around its corner and it showed its ugly face and it revealed that the agenda behind what we see today has always been there, but now it's just come out. You found yourself wanting to escape. You wanted to, if, oh God, if we could just, I can gather up my family, fly away and lodge into the wilderness, away from the raging winds and waves and all the the calamity that is taking place around me, the potential of death, the potential of suffering in the life that I thought and thought we had desperately wanted. Oh God, if you could just take me away from this whole thing, it would be great. It would be fantastic. I thought that I definitely thought that that's why we get ideas from, oh, well, you need to move away from the democratic cities, find a Republican red state. The the ones that are still free. You start thinking like Texas, Florida, you start praising governor DeSantis because, He's the guy for freedom. Look how much he's fighting against TRT. Vote Donald Trump, right? Because he is about America and freedoms, et cetera, et cetera. We were looking for a way to be flown out of the mess that was what we called leftism ideology and wokeism. All those things are real. Clearly, they're happening. They're very true. And even I was in that camp, right? Wokeism, leftism. We got to vote in Trump. We have to vote in all the Republicans. This is the answer. Another thing, too, was that we wanted to just pull kids out from the public schools. And by the way, pull your kids out of public schools. (laughs) I mean it. I'm not putting my kid into public school. By God's grace, we will be pursuing homeschooling for our child because at the end of the day, what those schools are indoctrination camps. It's not so much the type of education they're teaching. It's simply that they are teaching things that have nothing to do with actual classical education. It has everything to do with an ideology and political activism, and it's their worldview they're trying to put in your kids. So, yes, I get the idea of pulling kids out of public schools, but that's also a form of flying away from the chaos. Now, again, I I say that with a lot of nuance because as a father, uh, I would say don't leave your kids in the hands of those that have the more hours than you do on a weekly basis and expect them to come back as Christians. Don't do that. Then we get ideas like homesteading, right? Because we start to realize that uh, we can't really work with these people. Their worldviews conflict with us so much and then so rooted that there is no neutrality. And so you start to consider how you're going to eat and feed yourself. All right. We want to just pull out from that. And again, there's nothing wrong with homesteading. I think that there's a lot of wisdom behind that. I really do. It's not to demonize what I'm saying, but it is showing us that when these things happen, we start to look for the alternative. We, with the anxiety and the pressure, want to regain that peace. And there's nothing wrong with that. Clearly, David here in the Psalms was dealing with the same thing. And he wanted justice. Like, I want justice. With what we have going on in our country and around the world, truth be told, I'm praying for the justice of God, because it is a very concerning time, and it's pretty obvious that what's happening now, something's wrong. I don't care what aisle you find yourself on, something is clearly wrong, and it's obvious. It's more obvious than it's ever been, and so, nevertheless, many conservatives And conservative Christians alike, what happened was because they wanted to ease up on the anxiety and the pressure, well, they wanted government to put an end to the bad guy, not seeing that it is the bad guy himself that they are turning to. Parents are going to the public schools and demanding that they take out the pornography and the literature and the sexual education for homosexuality and transgenderism, and hey. Agreed. Agreed. That is disgusting and wicked. How far have we gone in our society to realize that this is what they feel comfortable producing, putting in the libraries and sharing with our kids? But it also goes to show that what we are doing is the same thing that got us in the same mess in the first place, is that we keep putting it onto the government. We keep saying, do this for us. We're not seeing the loop that we find ourselves in, but because we want to be at ease from what is taking place and we wish we could just lodge away from the wilderness, we find other ways to find that ease. But we're doing it by shaking hands with the devil. So all that to say, as long as I can save myself from it, And away from the chaos, I'll do whatever I can. I understand the feeling. I really do. I don't like it any more than you do. And I think that there's wisdom in actually pulling out of the public school systems and educating your children, as the Lord had told us to do in the beginning, in the first place. We are to raise our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We are to raise them as Christians as children that will love God, that will love their neighbor, and that would be productive human beings on earth, that they will learn their roles in life, males to be providers, to be protectors, to work hard with their hands, to keep a quiet life, and women to support their husbands and serve the home, build a home, raise the children. That was the way we were supposed to do it, but we bought into too many lies And now we find ourselves in the midst of chaos, and we want to escape from it all. But I would then implore you this, and this is where I'm going to pretty much leave it here. It's not going to be a long podcast, but I would implore you to do this as we continue in through the Psalms and do exactly what David is doing, the psalmist here. Go to God and seek him out and his justice. Now, it may seem as though that nothing's happening right now that, you know, well, I am going, and it seems like wickedness is progressing. Don't confuse an answer not happening right now for not an answer at all. Our God is still ruling and he's still reigning on in the heavens. Christ is king and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is decreeing, he is declaring. And all of this stuff, everything that we see in our day today, You have to ask yourself, is God taken surprise by this? Absolutely not. Otherwise, I'd question my God, right? If this was all a surprise and he had to kind of figure this out because where the heck did this come from, then you'd have to question who you're serving. But I don't don't have that. What the Scripture tells us is that he knows the beginning from the end. And all things work for his glory. And all things work for us, for our good, and for his glory. You have to place your trust in that. And instead of trying to escape in a sense, right, I understand if you have the means to really take a hold of what is rightfully yours, like the education of your children, and if you're able and capable of actually building your own businesses, I would implore you to go all out for that. Take care of your bodies. Be physically fit. Be wise like that. These are all things that God has given us to steward, well, do so. But the fight, the fight itself is inescapable. You can get a homestead, you can get your kids into the home schools. you can leave the democratic cities and find a red state that for the most part will remain free. But if you pay attention to what's happening right now, even with the quote unquote conservatives, they are doing the exact same thing. They are leftists just a little bit behind the ones that are loud and proud about it. We need to understand that no politician is going to save us. No Republican in office right now is going to save us. Do I think that there are some good guys in there? I think so. But still, you can't lay your eyes and hands on them believing that they have the answers, okay? I do want good policies. I do believe in righteous policies, and I believe that Christians should probably really start stepping forward if God has called them to it to run for office and do so. But again, my job here is not to point you to the best candidate. It's not to tell you to run to Montana. It's to tell you that the only answer we have is Christ and Christ himself. Because what we are dealing with ultimately, and I will always come back to this, is sin is a nation of people that have been taught by a different sort of God that is no God at all, but is just basically Satan himself using the ideologies of Marxism, critical race theory, critical theory in general, using this struggle, the power struggle of racism and white supremacy and causing a division within our own ranks, the chaos that we see today. It's sin. It's wickedness. It is man desiring to find purpose within himself. This postmodern way of thinking was going to lead this way no matter what. It is sin. It is a rejection of God and his law, his holy and righteous law. And we look at it and we say we hate that. We have the answers. What you provide is archaic and we don't trust what you are giving to us, Lord. With that, I go back all the way down to verse 22, and then I present this to you, as I will probably do every episode from here on out. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. I hope that this blesses you. I hope that this gives you encouragement. I hope that it draws you to Christ. Spend time in his word. Really do that. Spend time in his word. Find a biblical church, a church that is truly preaching the Bible, expositing the scriptures. Do that. It is worth finding and submit yourself to the fellowship of the brothers and the sisters and to your local pastor. And as long as they are faithful to the scriptures and they are preaching from it and not afraid to preach the truth, then you have to engage. The enemy, Satan himself, will go against and attack the family. Always, always. And that's what we're seeing today. There is no escape from it. Be wise. Do what you got to do. I got my kid going to homeschool. No shame. I'm very proud of that. But recognize that homeschool is not going to protect the fight and the war that's going to be waging on you and me, but then also in our children. So, as a reminder, know that in the midst of chaos, my brother, my sister, Christ is there. God bless you. If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there.